Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom and the things they've learned along the way. Simon Kevin has cleverly combined his background in psychology, design and technology, all of which he brings together in his role as CEO at Laws of Attraction. Here he heads up a business technology platform called Vibe, which focuses on the importance of happiness in the workplace, improving relationships within the business. By looking at the importance of trust, love and kindness found within family life, his company looks at business relationships in the same way and it helps measure the happiness of a workforce in general terms. Gives me great pleasure. This is going to be a fascinating conversation with our guest today, Simon Kevin. Simon, welcome. Thank you very much, Sandro. Thanks for having me on the show. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. So, Simon, where did the the idea for Laws of Attraction come from? Well, the the law of attraction is is quite uh, well known, actually. It was uh, dramatised in Hollywood uh, uh, with the film The Secret, which was filmed in about 2007. But actually, the law of attraction goes all the way back to Sir Isaac Newton, uh, who actually uh, founded in, sorry, in 1687, who um, talked about the four laws of attraction, which are the law of affinity, the law of resonance, and the law of reciprocation. and so the name really came about uh, probably about five years ago when I was, uh, well, I suppose I started out doing, I'll go back a little bit further. Um, I started out uh, doing a psychology and management degree um, 20 odd years ago in the in the Leeds Trinity and All Saints University. And I was focused on the subjects of uh, mental health, organisational change and relationships. Um, I subsequently left uh, university and I uh, had a couple of um, businesses Um which dramatically failed. Um, so early on, I was a, an entrepreneur with the scars to prove it. And I took those those learnings uh, with me. Um, and the, inf- the the knowledge that I studied in, in, in my uh, university days, um, particularly around the subject of relationships. And it wasn't until I was about probably 35 that I went back to my uh, books, really, and started thinking, you know, what is life about? What is business about? And, you know, it is all about relationships. I became became utterly obsessed, uh, probably uh, just as I was turning 30 and I'd uh, finished with my girlfriend and I was um, looking to develop my business and I was really kind of searching um, sort of more deeply into what what really um, business and, and life is about really. And it's all about relationships. Um, relationships shape you in every way uh, really and can change the trajectory um, uh, of your life by the people and the company um, that, that you hold. So I went back to my books and I started reading um, about what is the, what are the innate drivers that uh, form and maintain uh, relate, long-term relationships and also why do they sometimes uh, break down? Because in order to understand why a relationship is successful, you need to understand 
understand why they break down. And I discovered that there is some innate um, drivers really in long-term uh, relationships like trust, uh, passion, excitement, and uh, several other uh, key drivers, which we'll probably come on to a little bit later. If we take the notion of trust, for example, we, we know that um, trust is probably one of the most important things in forming and maintaining a relationship and is usually the number one reason why a relationship fails. So that's this is a lot of knowledge that we've taken from interpersonal relationships. Mm. So then I thought, well, actually, um, you know, is business any different? Um, and it's not really. Whether we are in a family, whether we've got friends or whether we're in a working environment, we all look for these innate drivers, although they might take a slightly different form. Ultimately, we, we look for the, the, the same innate drivers. So that's what we've done um, over the years. We've applied this framework of, uh, of, 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 of how we form and maintain successful relationships, and we've put it into our technology platform called Vibe. You are a brave man, Simon, that's all I can say, because the whole, um, the whole subject of relationships, interpersonal skills, um, breaking up, forming relationships, that is one heck of a can of worms. And, and actually, we haven't really spoken to a guest yet about relationships. So this is why today I think it's going to be a really fascinating conversation. So um, what kind of success rates do you find that you, um, you, you derive from the work that you're doing with businesses? And typically, what kind of things do you look to do to embed some of these um, these drivers as you talk about? Yeah, so the, 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 the way in which you drive relationships um, ultimately is through communication. Communication is probably the most important uh, driver in forming and maintaining a good, uh, solid relationship, um, as well as obviously being clear about who you are as a person, who you are as a business, because that then defines and crystallizes um, your values, you, what you really stand for. And the law of attraction states that like attracts like. So we go into relationships who have the same beliefs, values and aspirations. So we start to create a sea of sameness, which can be good in some respects, but it can be bad in other respects because we create a a, a, a default where we're not getting enough diversity or enough exposure to other people's ideas and views. So the diversity topic at the moment is is very big and it's important because by, by nature of default, human want to form relationships with people of the same beliefs, values and aspirations. Therefore, it's slightly harder for us as humans to look outside the box and actually take on other people's points of view. But empathy is one of the most important things that will help this world to survive because only by, by being empathetic and curious about other people's points of view will we ultimately have a greater and deeper understanding of the world and, uh, and humanity, which will ultimately make the world a better place. That's a really interesting point you make because, you know, I think we all know that most of us tend to be attracted towards people that are like us and therefore by definition we like them. But um, the interesting point that you've raised there, which I think is worth exploring, is when it comes to debate, when it comes to argument, whatever form or shape it might take, people find it very, very difficult to see outside of the, the little box they've now put themselves into. So in the workplace, Simon, how, how do you typically get people communicating? Because that is one big subject and we could probably talk all day long about communication because it's, it's massive. Yeah. But yeah. Typically, with the work that you're doing in the workplace, or indeed in interpersonal relationships, how are you getting people to communicate effectively? So the first thing, as I was saying, uh, in order to communicate effectively, you need to understand what you need to communicate. So what we do with our technology is it it, it allows the colleagues and customers within within a business um, environment to feedback in real time. 
uh, and also regular uh, quarterly uh, uh, surveys and regular feedback uh, th- through the technology platform. So what we essentially do is we, we gather this big data and we put it into easy to understand indexes, which can then be used in an objective um, and helpful way to start the conversations, to ignite the debates, to refocus the thinking. Because when you refocus the thinking, thoughts become actions, actions become words and words ultimately then become the way in which your business behaves and how you behave as a business is your culture that defines what your what your culture is mm. um, and culture is everything that's why people will be attracted to you that's why they will come to want to work for you and that's why they will ultimately want to stay is because of a good culture uh, and this this vibe technology which i've looked at and i have to say it's, it's really amazing and i would encourage anyone to have a look at it um just explain to us, if you would, Simon, the um, is it quite a safe environment? Because a lot of people, when it comes to communication, it's it's easy to say, well, you know, you need to talk, you need to openly express your opinion. But sometimes in the working environment, or indeed uh, in a one-to-one situation, let's say a personal relationship, it's actually very difficult to communicate openly. So, what what do you say to people who probably have got lots of things to say but don't know how to communicate it? Is that something that Vibe and your technology helps with? Yeah, it does. So it, it it essentially gathers data from a group performance or team performance, and it would put it into different breakdown reports, such as an executive report, and then different breakdowns for the different departments, which then the heads of those departments or the HR business partners or talent partners could then essentially use those as an objective place to start those conversations or to ignite uh, those debates. And that really would then um, allow, it takes the sting out of perhaps some of the harder conversations that they have to have, but it also gives insight for where we should be rewarding and recognising good good behaviour as well, which is also important. There's always a positive and a negative with, with, with these things. So yeah, the, the, the great thing is that the, the, the big data can be used uh, in, a, in a simplified, objective way to start these conversations and, and to ignite the debate and to encourage uh, two-way reciprocal you know, feedback and, and open dialogue rather than these uh, fear hierarchical um, cultures which still you know, exist um, in the presence. It takes a very brave leader um, to be open to all types of feedback, both positive and negative. But the only way in which you can grow as an individual is by listening to other people's points of view. Going back to the point that we, that we made before, that like attracts like. We can't be surrounded with people who have the same beliefs, values and aspirations all the time. We must be open. And at, as a minimum, we must process that feedback. Mm. Whether we do something with it or not, well, that's that's uh, up to you. So, yeah, Vibe ultimately, um, it collates uh, kind of quarterly uh, top line uh, ideas, but there's also different modules in there, which allows people to kind of feed back to the business as well as to certain individuals within their group uh, in real time, which is just essentially creating a greater awareness, a greater self-awareness mm. um, to, to um, make people... Uh, better human beings yeah and what and, and within a business then uh, again just touching on on the business because I know that's a, a very big part of what you do in, in helping organizations to grow mm. how, how do you measure um, the success of what you're doing I mean culture is another big word which we could explore at length um, do, it, I mean is there a tangible benefit or is it just is it more of a of a feeling is it more a, a sense of a company? 
that is, uh, you know, just heading in a, in a slightly different direction. I, it kind of, it feels like an intangible to me. So how do you it's, measure success in that, terms of what you're doing? That's a very, very good question. And yeah, this is, this is all culture. What we're talking about here is all cultural uh, transformation. Because as I was saying, culture is um, is everything really? It's the essence. It's the DNA. It's how the how the business behaves, and uh, it's just like a functional family unit. Really, they want your um, your 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 kids and your family to survive and thrive to be the best they possibly can be. But in order to do that, it, they 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 operate within a joint vision, and they are empowered to be um, to have the autonomy to actually grow and make mistakes um, um, within this safe environment. Um, so going back to your question, uh, how do we measure this? So you're absolutely um, right. A lot of this is intangible, um, and we were we were actually the first in the world to introduce. Um, uh, an analysis by getting people to actually click on images. And by doing that, we're actually able to understand the subconscious emotional perceptions of how someone actually feels. And we compare and contrast that to the qualitative and quantitative insights that, that we that we get. Um, and as human beings, we are probably 70 or 80% subconscious. We don't always know why we feel the way in which we actually feel. And we certainly can't articulate it sometimes, especially men, I'm told, um, by my wife. Mm-hmm. Um so, so we 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 look we look at this very important and new data skew, which will which will show whether there's a connect or disconnect between the conscious and and the subconscious. Uh, we can also benchmark um, some of the questions, so that gives us some both industry, uh, UK wide and global uh, bit benchmarks as well. But I think the most important thing that you were talking about there, Sandro, was how do we quantify this? Because there's always this conflict between HR and finances. Mm. How do we justify this return on investment? And it really is a bit of a thing finger in, in the air. So we've been working really hard over the last few years to quantify culture. And it's really interesting when you look at it because um, businesses are, 50% of a business really is valued on five or six empirical, standard empirical measures. And the other 50% is based on intangibles, which is really a, still a bit of a finger in, in the air. No one really knows exactly what the true value drivers are within a business. Now, we know culture. It's well documented now that it that you know good employee engagement, good culture um, is directly correlated to good customer experience and in turn um, top line growth. But, um, but actually understanding exactly how each of those individual uh, value drivers drive the value of the business is, is, is quite hard until now. So what we've actually done is we're able to, to break down and value those individual uh, components, define value, protect them, and, um, and then actually measure uh, the effectiveness of any individual initiatives that are actually put in place. So we can quite accurately see quarter on quarter whether things are going up or down or what other in- interventions might need to be made along the way. Wow. Uh, so I'm, I'm really interested in this question, which is, uh, and listening to what you just said there, I suppose it leads naturally to this, which is, uh, I, I'm not quite sure how old you are, but looking at you, you look a Pretty young to me, a few grey whiskers, but I, you, <laughs> you've got to be in your thirties. But you, you've just, 40, you just, just made reference yes. to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you look you look good on it. I have to say, flattery um, will get you. Relationships everywhere. clearly working very well. Um, over the years, you know, I'm I'm in my fifty first year. So uh, over the fifty years I've been on this planet, I've noticed a fairly seismic shift in communication standards. Let's call them that. So 
what are the, I mean, one of the obvious challenges, Simon, is social media and the fact that the younger generation millennials, let's say, uh, probably, and this is no disrespect intended, probably find it more difficult to naturally communicate because they have so many props and things that they can call on in order to communicate. Does that present a bigger opportunity or a bigger challenge to you? Um, it's a it's a huge huge uh, challenge at the moment. And you're absolutely right. That you know the mental health uh, is a mental health uh, academic. Um, we we are um, we have a partner called the um, Portman Travis Doc Mental Health Trust, um, N- National Mental Health Trust, and 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 they've seen a you know a big increase in this in this sort of thing, and. I can only put it down to the fact that people are con- continuously bombarded with very h- highly pumped and highly aspirational content online, which is very often not real. And people don't realize that it takes a very, very long time to get to be successful. And it requires curiosity. It requires conversations and, and deep relationships with people. You network because it's your network that will ultimately um, get you uh, to where you want to get to. They will give you the knowledge that you that you need to get to where you get to. So for example, you start off with your parents, then you have nursery, then you have teachers. They become um, relationships that you have that start to shape the way in which you view the world. Then you move on and you have, um, you know, have a line manager or a manager. And if you're lucky, you will start start to get a, a mentor uh, a, a, and so on. But all of these relationships, as well as your friends and relationships you have with, with the media and the stuff that you consume, ultimately shapes your your view of the world. So for us, it, it, it presents an opportunity because um, for us, self-awareness is the most important thing, really, in, in developing yourself. And you only get self-awareness through people, through the relationships that you have. So you need to be able to ask people for for feedback and you need to get used to receiving and giving feedback in a in a constructive way so we we have just launched um, our real-time feedback app which allows you to invite up to 20 friends family or colleagues in where they can actually feed back to you uh, in real time around some some sort of five or six key competencies that are important to your own personal development i've i worked or i'm working I've done some time with a with a life coach, and uh, one of the exercises he got me to do was to write to six friends, business associates, just random people. So I chose a couple of members of my family, a couple of clients, uh, and a couple of kind of random friends that I that I kind of knock around with. And the, and the question was to all of them was the same, and it was, um, what are the things that I should, you know, the kind of things that I should be doing. Um, that I'm not doing or vice versa. In other words, are there ways that you think I can improve myself? Every single one of them wrote exactly the same answer wow. without, without having any connection to one another. And did and you I, know those answers? I, well, I became aware of them when I got that feedback, yeah. but um, it was just fascinating that by, uh, and really the reason I'm raising this point, Simon, is to your, to your point, which is by seeking feedback, you learn a lot about yourself. And although I probably was aware of it, once I heard it from 100% of the people I'd written to, I got a very different perspective of the things I needed to do and the steps I needed to take in order to progress. So, um, yeah, again, we can talk about this for, for a very long time. So you're 40 years old. Uh, I guess success, whatever that looks like uh, and feels like for most people, uh, probably hasn't been straightforward. You know, you, you, you went down a completely different path in life some experience in, in the world in which you're now working. But, you know, what, what prompted you to do it? 
I mean, a successful career, um, doing well for yourself. And then all of a sudden, you know what? I'm going to do something not dissimilar, but certainly different. I've always had an insatiable curiosity and um, I'm clearly a risk taker because um, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur and I have been since I was 21. Uh, I've never worked for anyone else. So for me to try and to do and to make and break and make and break and make until mm. you, you know, create something amazing. Um, that's what we do. That's, that's, that's what entrepreneurs do, um, which is a very... Um, there's most people go for you know a, a different safer route um and you know there's no right or wrong way of doing it it's just just the way that it is but yeah you're absolutely right this is a a combination really of all the all of the things that we've we've learned in life and I just realized that um, relationships are the most important thing. So for us, success is to be recognized as the number one leading business in the world who helps businesses and individuals to improve relationships. So that's is, that, it. is that the definition of success then for you? For me, without a doubt, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. good. I think you're the yeah. first person that's actually defined success in their own words. So that's that's Every, great. Everything we do, Sandro, when we get out of bed, when we come to work, is all about improving relationships. And that very often starts with the relationship that the leaders have with themselves and then with their teams and their board, etc. But then also the relationship that the brand has with, the, with, with, with their colleagues and then in turn the customers. It's all about relationships. So if you can start to look at your business through the lens of relationships, it changes your perspective away from the P&L, away from the, the commerciality of a, of a business, which of course is really important, but ultimately it's the people and the relationships that will drive everything else. And we talk about, or, or you've spent some time talking about relationships in the workplace, but of course um, the, the work that you're doing manifests itself in another way because you've, you've got a lot of uh, you know, business to consumer uh, relationships. So um, individuals who are communicating with an end user, a client, a customer, whatever you want to call them. That's also part of what you do, isn't it? Absolutely, to, to yeah. We, 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 have, we have customer feedback. So how do we get cl closer to, to what they want and what they're actually feeling? Um, which is, you know, absolutely essential. But it's also really then about syncing what the colleagues are feeling with what the customers are, are feeling as well. And we can do that very accurately. One of uh, one, one component of our platform is we can ingest hundreds of thousands of, of unstructured sentiment mm -hmm. analysis. So we could take uh, a big swab of what your colleagues are saying and we could take a big swab of what your customers are saying and we can very quickly pull out the top themes and topics and then, you know, um, give supporting sentiment around some of those topics to kind of see uh, where the similarities are or where the, the disconnects are so we can start to um, build more of a, again, more of an awareness for, for the colleagues of, of how the customers are feeling, what's important to them at each and every point of the customer experience. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Go for it. Um, <laughs> just because you're a man of experience, let's just say there's somebody listening who, you know, ha has a tough time, and I know a few people like this, that have a tough time really imparting information, communicating what they'd like to say, perhaps in a relationship. So we're not talking about business now, we're just talking about personal relationships. Mm -hmm. What what bit of advice would you give to somebody who's got lots of things they want to say but doesn't really know how to deal with them? You know, do they write it down? Do they how 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 in your experience, Simon, would they best start to learn about transitioning to a better form of communication to perhaps the one they've had in the past? Because it does um, hold a lot of people back. 
It, it does definitely. And I think the first thing is to sit down with, with the individual and say, look, I, I believe that the way in which uh, we can improve our relationship is by giving each other more um, candid and helpful, positive feedback. So um, if you can get an agreement where you're both willing to accept and listen to each other's point of view and each other's uh, feedback um, and then just start with them, um, start with, um, you know, two positive, two, two not so positive. Um, so the strengths and the opportunities. And, and 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 start that the, that dialogue, um, and just be prepared to listen and to process, and not to fly off the handle when they say something that you don't you don't believe. So so active listening is a very important part of that communication it's, it's, process. It's, as well. it's essential. Yeah, it's about it's about ask it's about asking for feedback. Um, to say, hey, I want to improve as an individual. The only way I'm going to improve as an individual is by asking for, for feedback. And because I respect you as a, as a, as a, as a person, as a, my, my partner or as my friend, I would love you to give me some feedback, both positive and perhaps not so positive, so I can improve myself. That so, takes a very brave person to do that, but the only way in which you're going to ultimately grow is, is by listening and processing feedback. So I, I hear sometimes people say, that individual is a natural communicator. Is is communication? I'm bigger question. Is success? Are you born <coughs> with the ability to communicate, and are you born successful, or are these things learned habits? Because from everything you're saying, it sounds to me as if all of these things can be learned and nurtured. Um, they, they absolutely can be. I mean, certain people do are born with 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 stronger c- communication skills. So there's actually now uh, seven. Well, sorry, up until about ten year, ten or twenty years ago, there was only really one form of intelligence, which was IQ, which I'm not very good at. I'm dyslexic, and my IQ, my actual traditional IQ, is is, is not so big. But in the last uh, twenty years, they've actually discovered that there's actually probably about seven or eight different types of intelligence, which which starts from interpersonal intelligence, which is communication. Uh, There's acoustic for for musicians, there's uh, bodily language for uh, athletes uh, and a whole range of, um, of, other, of other intelligences. So some people do have certain strengths and certain certain defaults. However, going back to the point, the nature nurture point, uh, Sandro, which is really important and it, um, it's important that everybody has hope and they do know that absolutely everybody can learn and master skills again from the knowledge that they gain from the relationships that they have. And I can um, tell you, it was a very interesting piece of research I stumbled upon probably about five years ago, um, which was the um, which was the notion of charisma. So in my in my research, we're, we're all trying to attract more things. We're all trying to influence and persuade people to believe in what we actually believe. And this really started back in uh, ancient Babylonian days, if you think about it. The, the, the different religions which were, were set up then, their, their, their purpose was to, to get people, the, the most amount of people to believe in what they, they, they believe. So they, they had the power and the influence to persuade them to come on their journey. So nothing's really changed with the brands and the corporations that we use today. They're still using the, the techniques that, that, that religion ultimately used in ancient Babylonian days. And these ideas and notions have been packaged up and used for propaganda and have been used in, in Hollywood, etc. Um, and the 
the the, the definition of um, influence and persuasion, sorry, the 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 definition of, of, of charisma is to influence and persuade. So if that's how you influence mm. and persuade it is charisma, well, what is charisma? So there's been a lot of research done into what is the holy grail? What are the, the individual components of charisma and can it be learned? And the answer is absolutely yes, because they've done a lot of research into famous charismatic people like Marilyn Monroe, Barack Obama, et cetera, et cetera, uh, George Clooney, um, to really kind of work out what it is. And there's there's four... We're broken down to four key components, which can all be learnt. So, yeah, the four the four um, basic notions of, of charisma are that uh, charismatic people tend to be very um, um, empathetic. So going back to the word that I used before, they have an ability to always ask about you. Hi, how are you today, Sandro? Tell me what's going on in your life. But actually, because we are naturally selfish as human beings, we all want to naturally talk about ourselves all the time. It's all about me, 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 me. But ultimately, really, um, charismatic people are very empathetic. It's never about them. It's always about the other individual. And by the way, that's by listening to other people and asking questions. That's how you learn more. Um, so that's the first notion. The second is that they tend to be very personalized. So it's very targeted. So you talk about marketing to consumers and et cetera, and, and to talking to someone, they make you feel like you are the only person on the planet and that it's all about you. Um, the third is that it's uh, beyond words. So it's not just what you say, it's how you say it, it's your body language, it's all connected. And the fourth thing is that they have a self-belief and a self-confidence in their, in their belief and their purpose. And how you create self-confidence in your belief or your purpose... My next question. <laughs> ...is through knowledge. It's through it's through understanding the world and what you do and how you can successfully apply it. So confidence comes from knowledge. Knowledge comes from relationships. So as you start to build all of that um, that self-belief and that passion, um, all of the others kind of align and you become more charismatic. Um, I've read this five years ago and I'm still, you know, learning and trying very hard to be charismatic. It's a continuous learning process. So, um, Simon, is it fair to say, therefore, that, because uh, it sounds to me as what you're saying is that, you know, no, a lot of people really struggle with this idea that they they lack perfection or they haven't quite got to where they want to get to. And it's kind of, it sounds to me as if it's okay, you know, everything is a learn process. You're continually on a journey. It's okay to fail, whatever that looks like. And picking up on your conversation, uh, the point you made uh, earlier on, you said, I think, strengths and opportunities rather than the word weakness, which is quite interesting. But what we're saying here is that, you know, life is an interesting journey and it's okay to trip up every now and again. Absolutely. That, that is life. We are designed as humans to make mistakes. Humans make mistakes. It's the only way in which we can learn. And by the way, if we don't, the, the, the man who makes no mistakes very often is the man who makes nothing. Mm. Okay, so the only way in which you're going to learn is by getting out there and doing it and and by making those mistakes, but by listening to the feedback and, and trying to process those those mistakes along along the way. And and hey, yeah, I'm still on a, you know, sometimes the more you learn and the more you know, the more you realise you don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, just enjoy it and don't be afraid to make mistakes. So what's what's next on this this journey? This fascinating journey for you. 
Um, next is we are looking to uh, on board other major blue, blue chips. We're currently working with uh, with brands like Virgin, uh, the Abellio uh, Transport Group. Uh, we just exported it to a big company in Cairo and and Europe, and um, uh, Penhaligons and um, a number of other clients. So we're still in the early stages um, of our, our our business with the tech tech platform, um, but we have some very exciting clients coming on board, and we just want to take this out there and continue to invest in the R&D. And in the next few months, we are going to be opening up um, the real-time feedback uh, app to the general public. So people can start to use that and invite people into feedback in, in real time. Um, and that's it, really. We just want to keep on um, you know, spreading the word. Uh, we're going to be bringing out a book uh, in the next year or two called Us by Laws of Attraction. So that's all about us as humans and how we interact and the relationships uh, uh, around us. And it's just about really putting out helpful content that helps people to uh, improve relationships. What would you say to a company, because there'll be people listening that kind of go, this all sounds a bit mumbo jumbo to me. Really, is it important to have great relationships in the workforce? Is it important to have great relationships with our customers? At the end of the day, as long as they get the job gets done, as long as we sell our product, let's say, what would you say to, to the doubting Thomases of the world who probably haven't really thought about this? Because as you've been speaking today, one of the things that I've reflected on is all those amazingly successful brands. I'm not going to name them for obvious reasons, but all those amazingly successful brands, which actually, if you think about it, do have that one commonality, which is amazing interpersonal skills, whether it's with the consumer, whether it's internally, you know, I think the Sunday Times recently published a list of the top 100 places to work, you know, all, all based on the same principle. So, but what would you say to the companies who are probably listening, thinking, you know, really, is, is, is that part of our corporate social responsibility? Is it something we should be, even be looking to do? What, what would be your words to a company like that? Um, I mean, I, th- I think you ju- you just answered it there that all of the big brands people have a deeper relationship with them, um, and um, if you don't have a relationship or a connection uh, with either your colleagues or your customers or your supply chain, supply chain is also really really important f- factor here. There's been a lot of negative press about the big fashion brands and how they you know they're not really. Uh, being accountable for the supply chain all the way to, say, Bangladesh, where there's a lot of really bad workers' rights. Really, they should be involving, you know, all three relationship pools, the supply chain, the customers, and the colleagues, and really listening listening to them all. Um, my feedback is, if they don't have a connection, you don't have a relationship, then it's a transactional um, relationship, which is the most dangerous relationship you can have, the most volatile relationship, because they are. It's a it's a monetary exchange. So people are buying your product just because it's a it's a good price, but no other reason. Therefore, it's very easy to come in to disrupt that relationship. So you have to have um, a, a deeper relationship. Um, <clears throat> there's a really interesting, another really interesting uh, theory out there, psychological theory, which has helped to shape uh, our our our. Uh, our purpose, which is called the exchange theory. So it says that all relationships are viewed as profit and loss. And it's not just the, the money aspect, it's the emotional rewards or, you know, what what do you do in the psychological contract? So what what do people get out of a, of a, of a relationship? And there's many tangible and intangible things that, that need to be taken into consideration. So absolutely, relationships for us are the single most important thing. And the sooner you can start to understand um, how they are driving your business, um, the more successfully you're going to be able to to manage them. So um, one of the questions, Simon, that we ask all of our guests, so this is uh, putting you on a spot a little bit, is uh, to 
to ask you to imagine now that you are having a conversation with a younger version of yourself. If you can even imagine that, probably only yesterday. But um, that younger version of yourself is now asking Simon Senior for a bit of advice. So he's thinking about his journey into the out into the big wide world. And he says, you know, dad or whoever you happen to be to this particular young lad in this particular example says, give me one bit of fantastic advice that will help me to go off into my journey and progress as seamlessly as possible through life. What one bit of advice would you give that person? Because you've covered so many great things today, but narrowing it all down, narrowing that focus down, what one bit of advice? You can narrow it down into one word. I, feedback. Feedback. Ask for feedback and listen to it. Um, something that I didn't do, I was pretty hot-headed, I wanted to go off and, and do my own thing. You need to define uh, who you are, where you want to go, and then ask for feedback along the way. Um, and yeah, that will help you to um, you know keep you on, on the right track. So Simon, obvious point, uh, given all the fascinating things you've talked about today. How do we find out more about Simon Kevin Vibe and all the things you're you're doing? Um, you can simply go to lawsofattraction.com um, or you can find me on LinkedIn, Simon Kevin. Um, and that's K-E-V-A-N. K-E-V-A-N, that's okay. right. It's a Scottish, Scottish uh, name and you can contact us either through the website or through LinkedIn and we'd be delighted to have a conversation with you. Well, I have to say this has been so insightful and you are absolutely going to have to come back and start uh, some of the deep dive stuff around some of these um, these subject matters because we've covered four, five, six of them today. So hopefully you'll come back and we can have a really good in-depth conversation around uh, some of those things, if, if that's okay. Yeah, I'd be absolutely delighted to, Sandra. And uh, I think, you know, credit to you for, for airing, um, you know, really good, interesting, quirky content as well. So thanks for having me on. A pl- absolute pleasure. Well, that was the Sandro Forte podcast and what a great guest Simon Kevin was. Remember, there are many more fantastic guests joining me over the coming weeks, so please make sure you subscribe if you want to pick up some great tips on success. Remember, you can follow us on social media at Sandro's Podcast, that's Sandro's with an S, same on all channels, and we'd love to hear your stories, ideas, anecdotes, challenges, or whatever motivates you, so please keep those emails coming. Hello at sandrospodcast.com, and if you can, please remember to leave those reviews on iTunes so we know what you'd like more of in the future. Thank you.